Coming up, St. Patrick's Day in the USA, art by AI, digital diagnoses, and earbuds. All that and more on For or Against. Just old friends on the podcast who build a defense on ridiculous topics are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense. So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence. Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You're listening now to For or Against. So turn the volume up, this is For or Against. Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are a trio of Texans, though two of those Texans are only temporarily in Texas for the time being. Mike Winan, Lexi Silver, and Rob Silver. Hello, friends. We're back, baby. Okay, what has been going on with all of you? Lexi, it's been a while since I've been on the show with you. What's going on with you? Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, Not much. I, nothing's really going on new. Um, we survived, okay. we survived the snowpocalypse and we live to tell the story another day. All right. Well, we're glad that you did survive and that you're here with us this evening. We did survive. Hey, hey. Okay, Robbie, let's go to you. <laughs> well, this Sunday evening, I had what you might call the best fish of all time, a <laughs> what? A grilled sea bass, uh, heated over charcoal, made by a wonderful, caring chef, chef, Mister <laughs> Mike Wineand. Yeah, I'm telling you, this fish is—it was incredible. I didn't know that Mike was such a good cook, and I'm not being facetious. This, it, the fish was cooked so perfectly, where the inside was just slightly—it was tender but like cooked all the way through, but still moist. And the outside had just like this slight crisp to it without being too thick. And it, it was sauteed with butter and orange rind and and um, cilantro and salt and pepper. And it was just, and maybe other things, I don't even know, but it was a perfect blend of flavors with a perfect texture. It was the best fish. If you went to any top end restaurant, it would be at least as good as that fish served there. I'm telling you, Mike Winan, you are the man. Thank you for the best fish I've ever had in my entire life. No joke. High wow. praise. Mike, I got to know, is is Robbie um, being sincere or is he being an asshole? This is an actual thing that happened. I think that maybe he's just trying to butter me up so they don't make fun of him or his topics. No, 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 but, no, no, uh, no. He's being sincere. He woke up, but, he woke up the me. next morning and he was like, that fish was good. Yeah, butter you up, up like that like, sea like bass. Like the, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was great to have the silvers over uh, at my house. That was a, a fun thing we were able in to do. In the backyard, outside. In the backyard, safe. outside. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we had a nice weekend. Uh, went over to a different two-year-old who's not Drew's birthday party. Uh, <laughs> and that was very fun. And so, you know, spring is is sprung here in Texas. And uh, it's it's why people move here. So uh, things are things are looking up after the snowpocalypse. So lots of good things happening on my side too. All How right, about you, Mike? Excellent. Well, uh, me, I've got one announcement. Uh, two uh, weeks ago when we were recording, we discussed digital collectibles. Maybe that was three weeks ago. And um, I've created my own digital collectible. It is called uh, a crypto swatch. You can find it on the Wax blockchain. I want in. <laughs> and uh, you can learn more about it at cryptoswatches.com, recently acquired and procured <laughs> domain name. You are uh, good I'll at keeping eye domain on it. Names. <laughs> because, uh, oh, it's going to be big. 
And that's all I'm going to say about it at this point. <laughs> now it's time to play for or against. One of us will present a topic. The rest of us will analyze, discuss, and argue about it. And then we'll decide if we are for or against that topic. Robert is first this week. Would you please introduce your topic, Robert? Yes, this week is St. Patrick's Day, March 17th of every really? year. We dress up. We, we wear green. We listen to Celtic music. And we go to parades. And we drink green beer. And it's funny because I was reading about this and I was like, man, it's so fun here. It must be really fun in Ireland. But <laughs> it's really that extravagant celebration of St. Patrick's Day is really more of an Americanized version of it. The holiday is, of course, rooted in, in Ireland, um, but it traditionally was more of a solemn day <laughs> in honor of Christianity in, in Ireland. And, uh, and driving so, the snakes out of Ireland. You know. Yes, exactly. And so... It was interesting to me to read about how it kind of morphed because the Irish immigrants who came to the U.S., it was a way for them to celebrate their heritage and, you know, they were missing their homeland. And so it became a bit more festive here. And then, of course, the really interesting thing is how other immigrant groups and then other Americans started joining the Irish immigrants in their celebrations every March 17th and made it a much bigger thing uh, in the U.S. And so what I want to know to my topic, are you for or against celebrating St. Patrick's Day the way we do in America? You have some drinks, you go to parades, maybe go to the bars, you wear green, you're, and, and there's good and bad that comes with it, right? There are, there are certainly some people who take it to a very rowdy level uh, and some people who like to be a little bit more responsible. So taking everything into account, are you for or against celebrating St. Patrick's Day here in the US? I wanna start with, my beautiful wife, Lexi, because she is our, our guest this evening. Lexi, St. Patrick's Day, what do you think? Well, thanks for starting with me. Um, I guess I would say if you'd asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have been four. Uh, I had some of the best like St. Patty's Day with you guys, with Robbie and, you know, with Mike and Mike and Pat, too, I guess. Um, <laughs> he was there. But... Yeah, he was like there in the background. Um, yeah, I mean, it used to be fun. And I think I used to enjoy crowds more. And I'm not I, I'm not Irish, but it didn't bother me. <laughs> um, but I think like as I've grown up and like living in Hoboken, New Jersey, like that city just gets crazy for St. Patty's Day. And I don't know, I've become a lot more of an introvert or at least would I've you say realized. that Hoboken, Hoboken gets a little too crazy is that where you're going oh, with this oh yeah yeah I mean the kegs bars, and eggs kegs and eggs bars get shut down lose their liquor licenses that kind of stuff uh, barf on the streets <laughs> yeah riffraff coming in from all different parts of Jersey not a proud uh, moment for the Irish not a proud <laughs> no not a proud moment and I guess if that were to not exist anymore I'd be cool with it so I'm against mm. is it but you know I, I, you're right Hoboken's celebration of St. Patrick's Day can get quite rowdy and that rowdiness does happen in several cities but you're also pinpointing that one specific type of celebration I would also counter that there are lots of ways that people celebrate that don't end in in puke on streets and, and urine. I don't know. Uh, if if there's one holiday throughout the year that's known for that, it's it's Cinco de Mayo, maybe. But <laughs> oh, to a much lesser extent. To a much lesser degree. And there's so many other ways and times to celebrate throughout the year. So 
I just don't need it. Okay, Lexi is against. Uh, McFadden, when I was introducing this, you had a little smirk on your face. So what do you have to say about the topic? So there's definitely a portion of many people's lives where St. Patrick's Day um, is... An outsized like a, influence. <laughs> yes, an outsized influence. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think it's fair to um, paint the U.S. version of St. Patrick's Day uh, as only that picture. I think that, uh, you know, there, there's more to it. In Chicago, for example, we dye the Chicago River a vibrant shade of green. Uh, <laughs> the ecological impact that that has cannot possibly be good, although the Chicago River has been known to catch fire and it's a body of water. So um, I don't think, you know, it, it's relatively speaking not that much worse. Um, St. Patrick's Day is awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a time and place for that debauchery when you're in your like early to mid-20s. Some people take it too far. If you're still doing that version of St. Patrick's Day and you're pushing 40, maybe you need to take a moment to pause and look in the mirror and ask if you're, you've made the best decisions that you possibly could make. Um, but I think that's, if the answer you know, is yes, that's also okay. <laughs> if the answer is yes, then you do you. As long um, as you're engaging in self-reflection, that's yeah. what's important. Right. Uh, but I think that there's there's one aspect of St. Patrick's Day that I I'm waiting to um, to, to un- share with my friends who I, I think are are not aware of of this thing, and that is the traditional Irish Celtic. I don't know if it's Celtic, but I mean it's Irish. Are, are all things Celtic, Irish, and all things Irish Celtic? I'm not sure. In like modern in square w- rectangle situation, yeah. Yeah, and, right. and, and what I'm talking about is the sport of hurling. Are you guys familiar with sure. hurling? Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't think I'd know, actually. What is hurling? So hurling is it, kind is of like... Or is that no, Well, funny you should say that. Well, uh, actually, no. <laughs> it has nothing to do with puking. It's sort of like field hockey for guys, because um, traditionally field hockey is a female sport, and, uh, and lacrosse and rugby. And it, it's like the most bizarre thing. And if you go to YouTube, you can find playlists of just like hurling matches. And I want to have a St. Patrick's Day party, party where we have hurling on the TV. And then I get to explain everybody to everybody, this is a cool sport that we need to bring to America. <laughs> God damn it. Why don't we play <laughs> hurling in the U.S.? I want to own a hurling team one day. And and. For St. Patrick's Day. Well, we'll Sell some <laughs> NFTs and make it happen. Exactly. We'll, we'll use do. your earnings from NFTs and start that worldwide hurling federation league. of hurling. It doesn't have to be worldwide. I just want it in the U.S. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. We have one against one for Wynand. Are you going to break the tie one way or the other? Let's hear it. Well, I'm so thankful that you've chosen to pick this topic without the presence of our dear friend Patrick Lothian, <laughs> who was present uh, for a St. Patrick's Day where I took that uh, inebriation uh, to its logical conclusion and extreme. Uh, It's the drunkest I've ever been. And I've been drunk a few times. So the (laughs) fact that I know exactly which day was the drunkest I've ever been is saying a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm kind of opposite to Lexi. I think waking up after that moment, I'd say St. Patrick's Day is abhorrent. Nothing good can come of it. I wash my hands of it. Uh, retired from kegs and eggs. But a couple years ago, I went to Ireland uh, and went to the Irish Immigration Museum, epic, Irish with an immigration with an E, meaning that they had a museum about how Ireland has uh, exported a number of people and affected mm. the world uh, in its 
in its uh in the fact that it has brought so many people uh who for <laughs> a downtrodden people have been forced to leave that island time and time again and have have uh really made a, a mark on the world uh really with their with their labor and not necessarily welcomed when they got there the u.s you know uh australia south america has all had a, an influence uh from uh, um, from the irish uh immigrating there to try to make a better life um i'll give you just a question a, a poll can anybody guess without looking it up how many people live in ireland i'm gonna there. guess five million that's a very good guess because that's just about exactly right. Yeah, but there's, I'm there's... gonna guess seven million. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that an island that's that small, five million people, that's you know half the size of Chicago, is hmm. uh, is able to have such a rich culture that is then imbued upon itself uh, across the globe, uh, is um, is remarkable that the that the Burj Khalifa and the Eiffel Tower and the pyramids of Giza are lit up green for St. Patrick's Day isn't so much about St. Patrick and the original, uh, you know, meaning behind the day or even the, the, the religious significance of it. But it's that, that those people of that island who have been downtrodden, you know, time and time again and had to leave and, and make a mark were able to do so perhaps, you know, as much as any other group of people uh, who who uh, who've been forced to 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 move and, and try different things, so I am for St. Patrick's Day because it's a celebration of those people and what they've done. I may be retired from kegs and eggs, but I'm not retired from St. Patrick's Day. I am for. That's a good point. It is a true celebration. At at worst, people approach St. Patrick their own St. Patrick's Day celebration with indifference to the you know the the culture that they're taking it from but most people are doing it with like a tip of the cap like hey we see you we appreciate you and let's have some fun in the process wait till they learn about hurling <laughs> then they'll really or gaelic so. football mike watch that that's basketball meets soccer meets uh meets american football it's wild <laughs> there's another gaelic sport i don't know gaelic about. football yeah I'm check in. it out I'm in well, I, I, I hate to be in a house divided. I'm going to disagree with my beautiful wife. She's right about most things, but this thing she is wrong about. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day celebrations in the U.S. are the best. Yes, when I was younger, I was a bit more raucous and had a great time doing so. I won't be blacking out anymore on St. Patrick's Day, but I love the idea of the camaraderie with people close to you the festiveness. And in the US particularly, I, I think of it as just like a kickoff to springtime too, more generally. And you know, the 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 weather's starting to change. It's getting a little bit warmer and and things are looking up. So I'm for it. I also particularly like Irish music a lot. I think it's I, I sea wish shanties, some, some similar similar vibes. Yeah, I wish <laughs> there was more Irish music in our lives. And so that's a good day to have an excuse to listen to all that. So I'm for uh, to my brother-in-law Tommy, if you're listening, go St. Patrick's Day, go Irish. We're with you. March 17th, here we come. Four. All right. Thank you very much, Robbie. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along to Michael Winan. What's your topic for this evening? Yeah, my topic. Mike, you brought up crypto, uh, crypto swatches, and and, yes. and art made, uh, you know, with uh, with the backing of of AI, uh, and, and it. 
it brought up a, and I wasn't there for that conversation. I, I too am four, but I, you know, it brought up something that I think uh, is worth discussing. Uh, I, as you may be aware, uh, have an art art history minor from a from a medium uh, uh, reputa- reputational uh, liberal arts school. Does that make me an expert? You know, that's not a not a you know a title I would put on myself. But you know, but others might put it on. Others and, might. And you wouldn't shrug it off. And I wouldn't shrug it off, right? So so art is something I talk about a lot in this podcast. But we also talk a lot about technology and, and advancing technology, and we talk. We've talked in the past about, uh, you know, computers taking over people's jobs. And I think we thought that the last bastion of, of places where the, the computers couldn't couldn't touch us was creativity. And actually, you know, from uh, from some artists and, and some writers, that's actually not the case. Uh, AI is now having a a uh, a moment where where people are actually paying hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars for uh, visual art and the written word created independently of the human mind and through AI. Uh, essentially, the way it works is that you take a, a data bank of whether that be the, all the old masters of the world for, uh, for the visual art or a huge gigantic data bank of English sentences. And then you take an incredibly powerful computer model uh, and that will recognize patterns and decide, you know, how that medium, say, you know, the language functions. And then they've then, then gone ahead and taken, you know, AI, and they've created some fairly interesting works. I've shared with you guys a uh, website that sells exclusively, uh, you know, visual art created by AI using these models and these systems, uh, and, and they go for hundreds of dollars. Uh, one has gone for almost a million dollars as of last year. Um, so are we for this? Is there something to be learned from our uh, artificial friends and our artificial uh, uh, allies? Uh, I'll start with uh, Lexi, the cre- most creative one in the room, I think. Uh, what do you think of, of art and literature created by AI? I think, first of all, I'm wrapping my head around wine and saying reputational instead of <laughs> reputable. <laughs> I got caught on that, too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I myself am I perhaps <laughs> a computer would be able to speak English better than I do, you know, Correct. using a large, uh, you know, but then, but then we lose, then we lose the creativity and the, the human influence that you put on the word. So I'm for you speaking it the way you did. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll all talk about it in Colorado. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> By the way, this weekend, Wynan definitely said Colorado again. Not jokingly. <laughs> I just have to practice. <laughs> well, your, okay. Lexi, stop interrupting, so Robbie. <laughs> I am really torn on this, so I actually need to hear what other people think before I can tell you guys what I think. Okay. I, we've never done that before, but we'll That's do super it. super fair. We'll do it yeah. tonight. Pass. I have our a, very first no, fork. No, it's no, pass. no. Not a pass. It, it's <laughs> a, a, I'd like to come I'll, back. It's, it's like at the restaurant when the yeah. waiter says, yes. yeah, and they're like, oh, you go. No, no, come back to me at the come end. Back to I, me. I, I have a I have a general idea of how I feel, but I want to hear some She's other. She's choosing first. between her Maybe. final two menu items. OK, Correct. OK, well, we'll go to the other side of the the silver household with Robert. OK, good. I'm, I'm happy to jump into this. So my first instinct, and especially as somebody who works in the music industry, my first instinct is to just be against. Uh, I, I know you didn't bring up the music side, but there are companies that are also trying to create 
um, AI produce music completely from scratch with no human influence. And so far that hasn't turned out too well. Yes, there are songs and projects that exist, but they're kind of soulless and they, you know, ultimately they don't have the reaction that uh, music created by real people has. So that was my first instinct is to think about that. But then I started reading the articles that you sent. And first that opinion was reinforced because I was reading about how the AI basically learns an aesthetic from existing pieces of art. And of course, this they're not reproducing existing art. They're creating something entirely new, but Based they're on basing rules it and algorith- algorithms. on rules. And so part of the, uh, the great part of art is that you can break rules and you can do something that no one has ever done before. So, you know, like um, if who's the, uh, the artist who kind of pioneered pointillism? Who was that guy? So plenty of people, but uh, sure. But think name, of who, name one of them. Think liberal of who, arts genius. Um, <laughs> well, who who did the the in the in Chicago? That's um, Sunday that in the park. Yeah, yeah, Matisse. Okay, let's say Matisse. Let's say Matisse was the first one. I don't know if he was, but at some point, some artist had to be the first one to say, "I'm going to use pointillism as my method." An AI can't do that. They're not going to just invent pointillism. They're going to say, "Oh." pointillism exists. So now I know I can try pointillism. And so you take away the creativity and the innovation because they are inherently George Surratt, to... George Surratt, George yeah, Surratt. I was, well I was just Googling that. I wanted to beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> but inherently whatever art created is created by AI will be derivative. Except here's where I got swayed, except for when there are unintended mutations and so I love that in the some of the pieces of art that went up for auction that sold for a lot of money, these were portraits where the AI didn't quite get it right. And these faces are morphed in a way that I think other artists have attempted to do this before, but this was unintentional. And so it's almost kind of like there's something cool about the fact that it got it wrong, but it actually turned out to be more artistic. So all that is to say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so if you look at some of the other pieces of art, even the ones that aren't with morphed faces, there are some beautiful pieces here. And I think if you, if this, if these pieces of art speak to you, even if they are derivative, I can understand why people can say, I like this, I want this. Um, so I'm leaning to be for it. Uh, but I think there's one other point that I, wa- I wanted to make. I would also venture to say that if if you hang an AI piece of art on your wall, the art, the visual art itself is not the only art. The mm. art is also the AI, the artificial Ooh. intelligence. Deep. And I think you Very are deep. I think you are celebrating if you go back a step, you're not just celebrating a robotic creation, you're celebrating a human innovation for having been able to create this artificial intelligence that created this piece of art. So for me, for all those reasons, I am way more for than I ever thought I would be. Uh, and I think uh, let's celebrate that we have come to a place as a, as a humanity where we have AI that can do this. I think it's pretty awesome. So I'm for. You got a four. Okay. All right. Lexi's going last. So Mike McFadden, <laughs> what do you think? <clears throat> All right. Well, I want to push back a little bit on Robbie because uh, you were talking about how these AI algorithms are taking, like you know, the some you know body of of human artistic expression, and they're sort of 
remixing it in order to create these, you know, what you said are maybe not necessarily new ideas. Um, I'd like to reference Stephen Johnson's Where Good Ideas uh, Come From, The Natural History of Innovation. And in this book, Johnson uh, makes the point that um, there's really no such thing as a light bulb idea. And if there are, they're very few and far between. Most innovations- What about the light bulb? The light bulb had been um, the been, people had been working on that for a long time. So it wasn't a, even the light bulb wasn't the light bulb idea. <laughs> um, it was sort of the natural progression of how the world innovates is that every one innovation leads to a new possibility um, of other innovations. And so most uh, quote unquote, new things are actually like a, a new are actually two existing ideas squished together in a slightly different way. And so I would say that the AI, you know, implementation of creation is very similar to the way that humans have have always behaved um, throughout throughout all of history. So I would sort of push back to say that that is not a reason to discount AI as being art. Now, I know that you cited on, um, you know, the, the being for AI art. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that you were wrong because I agree with you. <laughs> I, I, I am for, I am also for AI art uh, for many of the reasons that you uh, laid out. Um, and, and really, I what I, I'm against anybody who says something is not art. That's a great point. Mm. And art so, is inherently undefinable. Right. And so if if you are to to you know say that it's not because it's unlike every other thing well almost every version of art laid claim to that title of not being art until it was and so it's inevitable people are going to call these things art and i think you know the best thing that we can do is figure out how we can gain the most utility from them as humans that want to be productive and and move ever onward and forward i'm for he is for lexi are you ready or do you should i should I... i'm ready all right so <laughs> I was thrown off because initially I also thought, oh, I'm just for sure going to be against this. I don't want AI taking over. You know, I'm an artist, so I don't want AI to be able to do what I can do. But really, I mean, there's an infinite amount of art to be made. And I've always thought, like, art is indefinable, too. Like, I've never... I don't know. I've never wanted to like put a label on that or like stop any person or AI from <laughs> uh, being able to create. Um, and you guys know that I am part of like the hit record community, which is Joseph Gordon Levitt's sure, uh, company. And the whole point of that is like taking something that somebody else already made and remixing that. So it definitely feels like in the vein of something that I have definitely been on board with. Uh, my whole thing is like AI is going to wipe out humanity eventually anyway. So we might as well get some fucking art out of it. Right. Not if we form a symbiotic relationship with them as Elon Musk's Neuralink is trying to Neuralink, do. Neuralink. Sorry. Nerdolink. <laughs> Nerdolink. We'll yeah. Still talk so, about ner we'll talk about Neuralink in a separate episode. So let's make that happen. And I won't All be right. scared of that happening anymore. But yeah, Michael. I'm definitely four. Michael, how about you? We have three fours. You know, before I give my um, 
my view. I, I think I want to take it from a, a slightly different tack. Uh, Mike, I think you were absolutely right. And you hit the nail on the head that, that the art, you know, the, the true definition of art will never be um, uh, truly pinned down and defined. Um, that's of its nature. But I think there are some things that we can agree on in that it is a uh, expression, an expression of feeling it is an expression of something that is meant to uh, uh, imbue feeling or, uh, or sense upon the viewer uh, separate from their current condition. And I will say because AI has no feelings and has no sense of self, uh, it has nothing to express. Uh, and therefore, as an artist by itself, uh, AI cannot be a true artist in my view. But I will say that that doesn't mean that I am against this or against this movement. Um, one thing area that we haven't talked about is um, where AI is have, making huge inroads uh, in literature. Um, by the sheer volume that you can feed into these machines, they can understand things about how language works and about how um, prose can be created and, and, and designed in, a, in, a, in an algorithmic way that the human mind is simply not capable of doing. Um, and, and so um, in that way, um, you know, there's some huge things that, that can come of this. You know, thousands of books have already been written by AI. They're not exactly, um, you know, best in show. They're not something that I'm going to be shelling out my uh, audio, uh, you know, my one audio book a month on. <laughs> um, if I can read a little, but it does give you a sense that they're starting to understand how language is written and how it's, how it's uh, formed. I'm going to read an expert now, excerpt now from Irritant, uh, a book written in 2013 by a computer. Um, and I'm going to read just a little bit. Uh, in something of red lived an irritant, safe from the blue and the err. And this truck went with it, safe. <laughs> something of the red in the back of the blue and the red. The truck and something extra. Listen. The nearby something extras in front of the truck. The man in the front of the truck trampled front to back, safe from the blue. And all the while the man scooped shovels of dirt and trampled from front to back. The others and the clay, they sighed from something red. The irritant lay and something of the red and laughed. That makes no sense, right? But you can uh, understand how the form. So I think we're talking not so much about. But the, did you say that was from 2013? Yeah. So I'm sure they're improved so quite a bit. Eight, by eight years later. There. Yeah. I got to imagine. You got to imagine. I can only imagine eight years from now. Right. <laughs> Let's do a rewrite on this one. But I would. What I, I think, think we need is, to start. Hold on. We need to start a new podcast where you read AI generated <laughs> literature. I could listen to that. It's very pleasing. See, that's the. They understand how. That's like a sleep story. I can fall to that, right? But it doesn't make any sense because no. what I think this ultimately is is not necessarily a substitution for human-made art, but a tool for human artists. So think of it as you know. An algorithm is only good with the, as good as the data set that you feed into it. An artist can select the data set, which then the and design the algorithm for what rules it's choosing to, to create and ignore and deviate from. Same goes with writing. You know, you can write a book, but then have an AI, you know, that's smart enough to understand the flow of language in a certain way or certain rules which you've chosen to edit it for you and give you a new view that a human being couldn't do. And so these are tools 
not necessarily in products. I'm excited to what's to come. I don't want to put any limits on art as, as an, as an expert. Some have said, um, <laughs> I am excited for the future. So I too am for, uh, we need a sound effect for all fours fours. Pat's not here, but if he was here, he would say something like, we are four fours. Oh yeah. That's pretty let's, good. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Four Against is brought to you by our very own merch store. That's right. We have merch. Visit fouragainstpod.com slash shop to check out our spirited apparel and home goods. We've partnered with on-demand printing and fulfillment company printful.com. So that means that any idea we have for a product can quickly be uploaded to our store, processed by them, and purchased by you. Check out our merch store at fouragainstpod.com slash shop. And we're back. All right, team. We're on to Lexi's topic. Lexi, I'm a little confused by <laughs> your topic. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, hopefully, excuse me, you can <laughs> provide some clarity to what we're about to talk about. Yeah, I'll try to clear it up. So uh, it's really just a basic general. What do you guys think about these apps? Because there are quite a few now that you basically, they send you strips that you, pee, that you pee on. <laughs> Let's get and to it. They, yeah, and they give you a color swatch, you know, to test against like what the colors that, not that come Bach, up Black, when you pee. Black chain, Bach chain. Not, and not a crypto swatch. <laughs> not Don't a crypto, swatch, crypto no. swatch. And then you know it gives you some kind of readout on the app of like your. I don't know if it's like the levels or if it's so just wait, the color. You're, you're, you're like taking a picture of your pee stick next to yes. the color swatch. Yeah. Take a picture of your dong. You send that to your doctor. <laughs> he says you did this wrong. <laughs> that's pretty much it uh i found one version of it an article about it from 2013 and it did not meet its indiegogo goal so i assume <laughs> they're no longer a thing but there are a few i saw in the app store so what do we think of just this idea lexi can you provide a little uh, clarity Digital what diagnosis. what would you be checking for proteins in your thing they some of them do pregnancy some of them um check like kidney fun function general things that your doctor would check for during okay. a but could just like could the color of your pee by itself tell you if your kidneys have an issue no it's, it's not the testing the color of your pee it's, it's, it's not the, the color of the strip. It's color reactive. I was, in, I was imagining that the swatch is like different shades of yellow. <laughs> like all, only yellow. No. No, man. Okay, it this, plugs this, you in. You idiot. <laughs> and it has a technological component. Okay. This makes a lot more sense now. Okay, so I was going to be super against this, but there might be some use here. Okay. Okay, cool. Lexi, Robbie, go would you first. Like to hear? Robbie, you already um, started, so let's okay, go. Well, I'm still against this because... <laughs> Uh, if a, if there's one version that failed on Indiegogo and I've never heard a doctor suggest this and you know how I believe in my doctors, they know about eating first thing in the morning <laughs> and they know, don't test your pee with your iPhone. So <laughs> I, uh, I've never heard of any reason to do this. So until I do from a credible source, I'm against. Who'd you like to hear from next, Lexi? <laughs> nice and simple. Uh, Mike Winan. Uh, so I myself am not a man who's known to uh, who has some medical issues that that go unaddressed for quite a while. Uh, I had a sinus infection for the last three months. And <laughs> that was a problem until I called my doctor and 10 minutes in. He's like, take a damn auto like um, 
antibiotic, you idiot. And now it's gone. <laughs> and look how great I smell like can sound. And I can smell out of my nose. It's magnificent. But that was a 10 minute conversation that I've been putting off for months. I like so that I your think, doctor insults you. Well, no, that uh, the idiot part was was uh, my interjection. But um, uh, I am for anything that makes it easier for me to get these diagnoses because there's probably some other things that I should be talking to them about. So are we there yet? I don't think so. But I uh, I would have no problem peeing on my phone. Listen, folks, <laughs> if I'm texting you, it's almost assuredly on the toilet. I just want you to be aware of that. So it's not like my phone isn't already there. You know what I mean? There yeah. are already pee droplets <laughs> that have already made their way the to your air. phone. It's in the ether. You know, absolutely. So I just have to, you know, be careful with my aim, and that's it. That's the only difference in the than today. So uh, I'm for this. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to doing it. Uh, we all need to be mindful of our of our health and our bodies, and anything that makes that easier. Uh, let's do it for. I, I guess that brings uh, us to me. Um, it does. You guys may know that I uh, tend to latch on to hobbies um, and they, <laughs> they vary and uh, they don't always last. Uh, and th there was a specific. Here I say this podcast. <laughs> well, this one has actually lasted way longer than I thought it would. I thought we were going to do one episode or two and then get bored. But no, we've got a website. We've got merch. We've got uh, corporate gigs lined up. We're going. Um, uh, I. There's a, I don't know if it's a hobby or an interest, but the quantified self movement is is a thing that is intriguing to me that I haven't yet what? done a deep dive into. And the quantified self is all about tracking almost everything that you possibly can, um, generally with a focus of improving performance, productivity. Um, this is closely associated with the life extension movement. So, um, I, I could I could see this being a thing that is part of the, the quantified self movement that I feel is maybe one or two hobbies away from me just going all in on. So I, I think whether uh, it doesn't matter how I feel, I think it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm going to be peeing on my iPhone also. So I I'm for <laughs> just peeing, just peeing on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Not isn't even that, waiting for. That, yeah. Isn't that what we said? Absolutely. Lexi, Lexi, what about you? I mean, your topic, well, do you have a firm opinion on iPhone ping? I do. I not a firm opinion. I've gone back and forth a couple of times uh, just thinking about what a hypochondriac I am. And if I know <laughs> there was a strip I could pee on and be like, oh, everything's fine. I would do it like 10 oh, times a day. Rob's rubbing off on you. <laughs> no, I'm way more he rubs off hypochondriac on than him. Yeah. And I just, there have been a couple times, like I've had to go to the ER and one of the only things they do is check my urine. And well, if I could do that at home and skip the ER trip, then that would be great. That would I be mean, great for our wallet as well. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The, uh, the failed app that I saw was, it was a 99 cent app and the strips would have been $20. So if the apps that possibly you know make it and work out had a similar price point or even a little bit higher that could be better for some people's wallets and people that don't necessarily want to keep shell out people like out of the hospital the yeah keep keep people out of the hospital so and those people can be spending time on others yes and <laughs> i don't Lexi... i don't see it what 
No, I'm just, I was going to say, I'm surprised that you haven't gotten on the poop, poop in a box movement yet. Cause that's kind of the same idea. <laughs> like test your poop at poop home. In well, that's a real thing. Yeah. That involves mailing. There's no iPhone involved, so that's a totally have, different there topic. There have been a few. There have been a few that I've that I've also looked at poop. online that I've thought about doing. There's like you can test like your vaginal stuff, <laughs> but we I know all haven't about gone that. that far. Yeah, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> in but Germany, they me, have poop shelves in their on their toilets so that you can look at your poop before you flush it. <laughs> yes, I need that. I Next need week, that. we're doing that as a topic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't see this as much of a further step as, you know, like diabetics check their blood. So it doesn't feel like that much of a different step to me. Um, and I don't know. I think I'm four for other people, but I would get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that, too. She would check Just 10 times a day. on the stick all the live long day. Yep. You, wouldn't pee. you couldn't pee without you'd have you'd be pee shy without your strip. Yeah. <laughs> all right well let's move along to my topic <laughs> my topic um is earbuds now um i'm gonna come out right off the bat and say i am against earbuds what are um, what are in your ears right now okay so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna specify i'm against the apple version of earbuds which come with uh, every iphone that i've ever gotten i don't understand whether it's my ears or other people's ears, they won't stay in my ears at all. Like they, I, I put them in and they immediately fall out, but I don't understand it because I see people jogging with them. And so this is really more me wanting to know, do those stay <laughs> in your ears? And what's wrong with my ear holes if, if, if they do stay in yours? Lexi, you're, you're a musician. You have a lot of experience with, with headphones of all sorts. What's your take on earbuds? I'm really not a fan. I'm definitely against most earbuds and I think they don't fit well in my ears. I think I need to go custom if I'm going to go earbuds. Um, I just have tiny ones, ear holes, I think. The ones that you're wearing right now, are do those stay in? They hurt. They're staying around? in, but they hurt and they will stay in. Maybe one might fall out, but I definitely can't run with them. And those okay. are solid. They don't have like a silicone tip. No, these are just the Apple. Yeah. Okay. And I prefer a couple other brands, but I, over the ears, especially when I'm doing music stuff, I actually just bought some new studio headphones. Yes. I prefer those so much more comfortable, but I'm not going to like run down the street wearing those. So, so I tend to against, I'm again, I'm fully against. All right. So but I, they also fall out of your head. Yes. If there was a better way, I would do that. Tell me okay. a better way. I don't have it. Robbie. <laughs> if Pat were here, he would use this topic as another, another example as, as to how Apple is inferior. Yeah. And <laughs> by the way, does does Android, does that, do they come with their own earbuds? No, you just, you just listen to it close to your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I will you take buy a second one. <laughs> I'll take bad Apple headphone ear, earbuds over no earbuds at all. Um, so McFadden, I think you have narrow earbuds canals of some sort because mine stay Could in my be. ear just fine and you pee on a stick and find out if you have that or... <laughs> yeah yep actually my ear nose and throat doctor told me my canals are all very small so it mm. makes sense as to why they don't fit and this is the same doctor or a different doctor that tells you to eat first thing in the morning different doctor <laughs> by the way i'm saying you two should have different doctors that's just that's just <laughs> science 
What? Why? <laughs> Yeah, my wife and I have the same doctor, and he's awesome. We're getting okay. off topic, right. Robbie. Your buds, okay. like, do they do they fit in your head? So, so they fit. I do agree with Lexi that if I'm working out, they're more likely to fall out when I'm exercising. Uh, but having said that, I can't wear wear I can't wear I cannot wear headphones while I'm working out. So earbuds are the option or nothing at all. And so I'm for earbuds. That's that's the best option I have right now. Um, that, that's yeah. all I need to hear, okay, Michael. There you go. Earbuds <laughs> in your head, your ear holes. Ear Tell holes me. are like snowflakes. They come mm. in many shapes and sizes. And leave it to Tim Apple to tell us all that they have to be a certain <laughs> shape and size. Uh, I too have had the uh, standard Apple earbuds, and they don't stay in my head. I'll give you that much. But Apple makes the superior connectivity. They make the superior sound. Uh, I have an iPhone and I will continue to have one because I'm not a crazy person. I don't want to be a green box. Um, <laughs> and so the solution for me is I upgraded to the iPod, the pros, which are, which are ear, ear pods that you can actually use because they have the silicone tip, which is what they all need. And those fit in my ear for only a hundred dollars more you can get a, a silicone tip yeah yeah you can have something functional yeah that's what that's apple's whole business model uh that you're complaining about but those work beautifully i love them i use them all the time uh, i'm not using them now because they're charging but um but they have uh, served me well and will continue to do so but i will say mike you're not alone in this um there is an entire cottage industry of you know different ear pods that are ear, you know, molds, even like molds that you can attach like aftermarket to Apple products that mm. are like unique to you. And so this is not a problem that you need to suffer not needlessly. No, okay. you can find, uh, spend a few minutes and you can find a solution for yourself. And it's probable that Apple doesn't make the best uh, accessory. It's just the one that comes with it. So, you know, if sound and, and structure and stability are important to you, I'm sure you can find something that'll work for you. But the thing that I don't understand is that the AirPods, they seem to have the exact same shape as earbuds. And so I can't even consider purchasing those even if i would like them because i know that like they literally would fall out as even with I the so ones with hand. silicon tips they don't work maybe so well these ones that i'm wearing these are you know like they wrap around the ear bluetooth well they do wrap around the ear but even with the wrap around the ear it doesn't work i don't know what's wrong with my head um <laughs> tiny I, ear I, holes but i have to put the the wire over my ear then put the butt in the hole, then loop over. See, now we're getting back into the plastic surgery conversation is whether or not Mike needs to change the shape of his ears because they're clearly weird and deformed. I think that's probably the case. All right. Well, thank does you. The, for Yeah. I was just going to say, does the silicone tip like, is it an add on to the no, no, thing? The, oh, the it's like a separate AirPod thing. Pros comes with silicone tips. All right. Huh. Okay. Like these. You can't see our audience, but <laughs> but just <laughs> Lexi. Whoa! Okay. Look yeah. at that rubber. All right. Well, before we wrap for the evening, it's time to take uh, a moment for a quick lightning round. This week, Robbie will be listing a few topics in rapid lightning-like succession, and the gang here will share our uh, positions. Here we Ugly go, Robbie. People who need new ear holes. <laughs> yes, McFadden. Uh, okay. So to, at the top of the show, we talked about Americans celebration of St. Patrick's Day. 
And in honor of St. Patrick's Day this week in America, I want to do name five things that are American things inspired by the Irish. Are you for or against these things? And we're going to go Lexi McFadden Wynand. Do you not want to go first, Lexi? I've gone first every time. Come back around. Come okay. back around. No, fine. We'll, we'll do the opposite. We'll go reverse order. Wynand, McFadden, Lexi. Great. Uh, for lightning round. Okay. So American things that are inspired by the Irish. Uh, first one, Shamrock Shake. Never had it. If I'm going to get a shake, it's going to be a chocolate shake every damn day of the week uh, or have some kind of chocolate element. Shamrock Shake has none against. Four. So four. <laughs> that, should be, that should be there all year round. And I, so agree with, I agree with wine and I'm against it. it. Shakes are great, but it's not the best shake. So you go with the Chalk best one. boy. Yeah. Okay. Second thing. Bluegrass music. Bluegrass is American, but its roots are rooted in Irish, Scottish, and English music. Are you for or against bluegrass music? Oh, man. Bluegrass music has such a rich history. But what bluegrass music is great for is remixes of popular songs made by, by bluegrass artists. Listen to a Despacito, but then bluegrass it better. Listen to Rocket Man, then put it on a little bluegrass spin. Way better. Uh, Snoop Doggy Dog. With bluegrass, so much better than the original. Name more songs. <laughs> Name more, more songs. songs. <laughs> Anything uh, I, can be bluegrassified. I'm I'm here for it. I I also like bluegrass music, and I especially like songs that I recognize um, from like pop culture that have been bluegrassified. That's even better. For against, I hate bluegrass. <laughs> Wait, just wait, wait. kidding just kidding i love bluegrass bluegrass is great you got me scared for a second i am so <laughs> for this bluegrass might be my favorite genre or Whoa. certainly no i is. don't believe you no no way. i think it is no i, I would say it you're is you're a liar uh, okay i'm lying then i guess <laughs> well anyways. i have to ask do, do you listen to bluegrass more than all of the other genres of music on a like you know in a given year it's close this past wow. this this current year not so much but in other years certainly my favorite is nickel creek which is admittedly more of a neo bluegrass type of group but they've been around for it's more like scandinavian <laughs> punk rock metal grunge i'd like to retract my statement i believe because you know a subgenre of bluegrass. So that must mean that you're enthralled with the I entire love bluegrass. It, there, you guys listened to Rocky Top recently about those two people getting murdered at the top of a hill. It's quite a okay. good song. Lightning round, lightning round, lightning, lightning round. round. Okay. Next thing. Things that we love in America that are inspired by the Irish. Lucky charms. Against. They're, they're gross. Against. I am for. They're not gross. For. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for the marshmallows. They have all marshmallows. Yeah. Have you, ha have you had the just the all? Has anyone had a, the only marshmallow box? No. Yes, yeah. it's delightful. It comes wow. with diabetes. Okay, and, and <laughs> once again, Wynand is the only one who's a perfect three for three right now. He is right. Lucky Charms are gross. They're it's it's a sugary cereal that's even too sugary for children, and it doesn't taste good. And the marshmallows aren't even marshmallowy enough. They're like kind of firm, and they oh. they're weird and bad. Okay. You're wetting my appetite right now. I, you're making me want it more. <laughs> uh, next thing, things that are um, things that Americans like, inspired by the Irish, corned beef and cabbage, which, by the way, is not an Irish dish. It was inspired by the Irish, 
because they more so ate bacon back in Ireland. But when they came to America, uh, the corned beef was more readily accessible because they lived in immigrant communities near Jewish people who had beef uh, nearby. And so corned beef and cabbage became the American Irish staple. Corned beef and cabbage. I would tell you, you know, for, for the first half of my life, I was very, very uh, for this uh, until I was 17 years old, which was one of the most shameful things in my life. That's the first time I had pastrami because I thought pastrami was like liverwurst and had like liver in it. Uh, and no, it's a superior product. It's the original. It's better. Uh, pastrami is uh, is incredible and has done incredible things for me and my waistline. Uh, <laughs> so I will uh, pick it over corned beef any day of the week against uh, I'm for corned beef. I'm against cabbage. Cabbage just smells like a gym locker, and that's not <laughs> something I want to eat. For who and against. Are, <laughs> who even are my friends? So for. Soda uh, bread for. And and I agree. I'm, I'm for corned beef and cabbage. Also, cabbage is great, and like it's delicious and you're wrong cabbage is good but like when you have corned beef and cabbage it's like steamed and it just it's gross steamed hams okay this last (laughs) one is actually an irish made product it wasn't made in america but it was exported to america and for decades we have loved it u2 the band u2 are you for against u2 uh the album joshua tree uh was a is a very good album um and uh, I don't want that to be true, but it is. I can't <laughs> because you two and the edge, they're all such humongous assholes that I could be <laughs> against the creator of you two and say that album is still good. So I am against you two, but they have made some good art. Rock, rot, a rule, rot. What did you just say? It's a story for another day. Okay. I guess I'll go. Um, I'm for it. I like U2's music. I'm not a big fan, but... Of music. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't expect anything else, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm passively for. It's great. I mean, sure, probably, which is probably like most U2 fans today. Like, if you're a fan of U2, you are just a passively for U2 fan, I think. Uh, do any active, like, diehard U2 fans still exist? Are they still around? There was a uh, podcast for a while called "You Talking You Too to Me" with the cup with uh, Adam, <laughs> uh, the guy from the, uh, Parks and Recreation. But uh, I don't know. Okay, Lexi, <laughs> on to you. Thanks. You too. I'm torn because I'm I want to be passively for, but then they put that shitty album on my- on my phone. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. No, that was a good thing. Everybody no, said, hey, no, no, I, I no. Really no, they're like, hey, here's some free music. We put it on your you, phone. You, All you do is don't delete it. like music. But it I, turned, I turned on my car yesterday. Lexi was in the car or two days ago. Lexi was in the car with me. And somehow my phone, the, the my Apple music linked to my phone inadvertently. And it started playing a YouTube song <laughs> that I never downloaded. And it was very upsetting. Right, it just came for like free. A, a long time ago. Free trash. Guess what? I have... <laughs> All, all music in the world for free now that I pay for monthly, but it's essentially free. And so that's how I like my music delivered. All um, right. Do I, do I need to go? I should I should go. So I'm still, despite all the challenges, I'm very for U2. Whoa! Uh, every, every album between the early 1980s and the early 1990s are insanely good. Act tongue, baby! Yes, you can go down the list, rattle and hum. my favorite album title of all time. So many great songs. They have hit after hit after hit. 
when you get into the mid nineties, into the two thousands and beyond, I will, I don't want to listen to a single song. I'm, I'm sorry, Bono, but your first decade and a half was incredible. And that in itself is worth praising. I'm for you too. All right. Well, thank you very much, Robbie, for that lightning round. If you're still listening, please consider telling a friend about For or Against, like in real life. Just say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. It's called For or Against. Check it out. You can download it wherever you download podcasts. If you haven't yet, please write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also love to hear about any topics that you're for or against or undecided on via Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, or Facebook at For or Against Pod. We might just feature them on a future episode. For now, thanks so much for listening. All right. Just old friends on the podcast, we build a defense On ridiculous topics, are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man, the show is immense So tune in and choose the side that you sit on the fence Man, we debate a lot of issues, boy, where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars You're listening now to for or against So turn the volume up, this is for or against